Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, tell me the story that you have for us. Well, as you know, we're going to talk about some unquestionables, some certainties, some things we don't have to question. And that reminds me of a story. Uh, I do some counseling quite often with women who have been uh, abused or molested, or, uh, victims of incest or rape. And what accompanies this is a lot of shame mm-hmm. and uh, feelings of worthlessness, like I don't matter and I never measure up and God could never love me because I'm a worthless human being. Mm-hmm. And so uh, part of the, the cure for this is we begin to change their thinking from their view of themselves to how God views them. And I remember one woman in particular was making some tremendous strides when one day she fell back into the old pattern that was the result of her negative past. Hmm. And she came and confessed this to me and how sad she was, how filled with shame. She says, the worst thing is that I've disappointed God. God must be so disappointed in me. And my response to her was this, God has never been disappointed in you as a person. Mm. He hurts with you when you hurt. Mm. He he weeps when you and I do things that are wrong because he knows the pain it causes us and others and how dysfunctional that is. But God has never been disappointed with you because you have always been beloved of the Lord. You have always been acceptable in his sight. And that's one of the things I think we can be certain of today is that God delights in you. What a great assurance. As Mike said at the beginning, we're going to give you five unquestionables. Many of us have questions. The economy, Paul, politics, yeah. all things around us. It's a world of uncertainty today, yes. isn't it? So, if we could uh, remember the five unquestionables that we're going to share with you this week, uh, no matter what you face, you will have these assurances uh, mm-hmm. that the Bible gives us. And we're actually going to do five mini biographies as examples of these five unquestionables. And today, the one that we have chosen for the God delights in me and God loves me is Solomon. Uh, Solomon uh, is the result of a union between David and Bathsheba. Um, the first child that was caused by the you know by the adultery was is a child that died and mm-hmm. then Solomon was born and Solomon is, becomes the child that is going to take over the kingdom when David dies yeah this is very interesting I mean all of us have, have had in some way a shady past when we read the Bible we get such great hope I mean if you mm-hmm. think that you had a dysfunctional family or that you know there's things that are coming from before I mean David as you know uh, eventually murders Bathsheba's husband yes. uh, because but she was pregnant of David, and then eventually he marries her. And, I, you know, he has so many wives. God could have chosen any other wife. Yes, certainly one who had a, a less questionable beginning. <laughs> Correct. But God chose Bathsheba instead to be the, the mother of Solomon, Who and it is from this line that eventually we get the, we Messiah. Get the, the Messiah. Yes, and, and actually, if you, if you remember our genealogy from, from last uh, week, we actually have Bathsheba in the genealogy of Jesus' birth. That's right. And, and so, it's very striking that when we get to 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, we get the birth of the wisest man that ever lived on earth from this union of David and Bathsheba. Then David um, comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her, and she gave birth to a son, and he named him Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and sent word through Nathan the prophet, and he named him Jedidiah for the Lord's sake. Okay, I love these two verses. Yeah. You know, 
I never told you this, Mike, but um, I have chosen a name for myself. You know, my name mm-hmm. is Elizabeth, yes. which means consecrated to the Lord. But I chosen a name for myself, and it's this one, Jedediah. Of course, I don't use it in my social security number. No, I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a strange name, but it's because of this. See, here we have two names. Solomon, which is what David calls his child. Yeah, it's peaceable. Yeah, peaceable because, uh, you know, Shalom. Mm-hmm. This is where Solomon <laughs> comes mm-hmm. from. And he's going to be a man of peace, actually. Yeah, David was a man of war. Yes. And Solomon will have a reign that is much more peaceful. He will bring more of a, the, the pox Israel to, yes, to, right. to the nation. You That's know? right. But then the peace the, of God says, you know, I really love this child. It says here that the Lord, and it's all capitalized, so that means Yahweh loved him. And he sent the prophet to say, give him another name. <laughs> another name besides peaceable. <laughs> yes. his, his name is going to be Jedediah, which is? Is beloved of the Lord. See, so so constantly this name of, you know, I have come to believe, and and this is very profound for me, that not only God loves me because it's theologically correct, because He <laughs> loves the world, and of course I'm part of the world, so He has yes. to love me, yeah. but that He actually delights in me. That when He thinks about Elizabeth, He gets a smile on His face. Mm-hmm. Uh, that He actually sings songs to me. That He, yeah. you know, that actually He delights in me, and that's not because I have always behaved perfectly. No, he just loves me as his child. Like, so like you, you have not always been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, thank you for that. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 right. I haven't actually. Well, and, I'm shocked, uh, but okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that God actually delights in me yes, as, he does. As, as his daughter and that he delights in you as his son and that, you know, we can we can know that, that he separates the person from our sins and that he hates our sin and he hurts with our sin and all of that, but he loves the sinner. He to, loves the child. Today, there are people listening to our voices, Elizabeth, who I think are filled with shame and with a sense that they are a worthless human being. And I want you to know that that idea of you being a worthless human being is an idea that crawls off the floor of hell. This does not come from God, and it is not truth. This is a lie, an absolute lie. The truth is that God delights in you with all of your mistakes, with all of your negative background, with all of your foibles, with all the things you do. God delights in you. You are his child, and he he sees you as the apple of his eye. He is absolutely crazy about you hmm. as a person, wow. just as you are right now today. Yeah, we, we don't always talk about separating the person from the problem because a lot of parents, um, when they scorn their children, and, yeah. and I have counsel with tons of young adults that still have the shame in their head. I'm so disappointed with you. With you. It's not yeah. what, with what you did or because of this problem. It's you. You yeah. as a person disappointed me. Mm-hmm. And then they, they have to go to therapy for years because they feel that <laughs> what they have done is wrong. I laughed wrong. at that, but truthfully, therapists make a lot of money off uh, that yes, kind of yes. the result of that. I yes. Mean, That's the difference between guilt and, 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 and shame. shame. Yeah. Shame is when you think that who you are is wrong, not yeah. what you have done. What yeah, you have done is a, guilt. Guilt says, I did a bad thing. Yes. Shame says, I'm a bad person. Yes, absolutely. There's a very real difference between those. And the truth is that God says, you are my child. That's who you are. I delight in you. And no matter what happens to you, you can have this unquestionable. You never have to question if God loves you or if he wants you or if he delights in you. This is unquestionable. And in chapter three of First Kings, we start this love story between Solomon and, and the <laughs> Lord who loved him so it much. Is, it is indeed a love story. And as he becomes to the kingdom, he uh, he's told by God, you can ask for whatever you want. Yes, and we have that in 1 
1 Kings 3 verse 5 when God says, ask what you wish me to give you. Yeah. And and Solomon is like a little child, actually. He says wow. it on verse 7. he's in seven. the candy store. He's got everything <laughs> available to him. Anything you want is here because God has offered it to you. Mm-hmm. You want to read 6 and 7? Verses 6 and 7, then Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David and my father according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. And here we start this relationship and this this fame of Solomon that that becomes the wisest man on earth. And he says here in verse 12, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one be after you. And of course, with that, God says, because you asked me for wisdom, I'm also going to give you wealth and fame and all kinds of things. And it is during the time of Solomon, actually, that the covenant that God made with Abraham of how large the territory of the it's promised land. It's finally fulfilled then, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's from Euphrates all the way to Egypt in, in mm-hmm. Genesis 15. And here is the only time when it's actually fulfilled. This is the golden age of Israel. This is when they have done all that God has promised that they would do as far as the conquering of the land. And they enter into this wonderful golden age so that even people from other countries are drawn to them to see this God who has made them great. Unfortunately, Solomon didn't always behave well. As a story goes, and, and it actually is beautiful, First Kings 10 tell of his wealth and wisdom and the queen of Shiva coming yes. from another part to see this incredible king. And we have all kinds of wonderful things until Solomon starts behaving a little bit bad. And he starts uh, actually getting all this otherwise, making alliances with other kingdoms. A little bit bad. What a pleasant way of putting that. <laughs> uh, so- Solomon apostatizes and he does some terrible things. Uh, and yet, even then, God does not reject him. He, he does not take his name away. No, I mean, this is he's the still part- Jedediah. You know, isn't it something how people have told their children so many times, if you don't behave, God is not going to love you. What a lie. What an absolute lie. God cannot stop loving you regardless what you've done. And Solomon did some horrible things. When you read about the things that he did, not just with the multiple wives, but the worshiping of other gods, the offering of of human sacrifices, and and on and and on it goes. Horrible things, and yet he was still... Love of God. Yeah, because see, we have mistaken the consequences of our bad actions with if God stops loving us. And, you know, I remember when Philip Yancey in his book, um, uh, What's So Amazing About Grace, Mm -hmm. said, you know, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, but there's nothing you can do to make Him love you less. That's right. Because His love for you is an unquestionable. God does not love you because He does not love you if. He just loves you, period. Yes, He delights in you. And there's nothing you can do to make that love any greater or any less either. God's love for you is unquestionable. It is something you do not have to question anymore because the truth for this new year is this. God absolutely, positively delights in you. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.